Hello again, everyone. I'm Matt Laughlin. Welcome to Pirates Talk. I hope you are all doing well. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes. I invite you to subscribe to Pirates Talk on whichever is your favorite platform. Rate the show, leave a comment. I'd love to hear from you. Head coach Kevin Willard has developed some outstanding players in his 10-plus years at Seton Hall. Among them, Fuquan Edward, Isaiah Whitehead, Angel Delgado, and Miles Powell. The story of today's guest might top them all. Shavar Reynolds Jr. graduated from Manchester Township High School in Ocean County, New Jersey. Despite being a 1,000-point career scorer and a three-year captain, he had no Division I scholarship offers. A year of prep school at Covenant College Prep, and still no D1 offers. So, wanting to play at Seton Hall, but not being recruited by Seton Hall, he decided to enroll and take his shot as a walk-on. The rest, as they say, is history, as he has propelled himself into a prominent role on the team. He shares his story on this edition of Pirates Talk. It is indeed a pleasure to welcome Shavar Reynolds Jr. to Pirates Talk. Shavar, thank you so much for giving me some of your time today. How are things going with you? Uh, good. I woke up this morning, so I can't complain. Blessed to be here. <laughs> that's that's kind of an old Irish thing, too. You wake up on the right side of the grass and, and life is good. My grandfather used yep. to say, each day I wake up and I look in the obituaries, and if my name's not in it, it's a good day. <laughs> but, <laughs> but let's move on uh, a little bit to you. And I'm certainly going to touch upon what Seton Hall is all about this year and what a wild season it's been with COVID and, of course, it's just the continuation of the shutdown last year. But I want our listeners to get a little bit more of an understanding of who you are and your backdrop. My good friend, Jerry Carino, who is a longtime college basketball writer. I know you know him. Seton Hall grad as well. Works for the Associated mm-hmm. Park Press. He has likened your story to a, a Hollywood story. Uh, coming out of high school, had a very good career at Manchester, but not really much of an opportunity given to go on and play in college. Schools weren't after you. You went the prep school Mm -hmm. route for the one year. You walk on to Seton Hall. And now here over the last two years, after earning a scholarship, you're playing and have played over the last two years a prominent role. Do you view it as you live it as somewhat of a Hollywood story, a fairy tale story? Uh, I don't really label it as that. Like, I guess if people view it as as that they can, but for me, I just... It's just my life. Like it's for me personally, I just live in the moment and take it moment by moment. And I guess at the end of it, maybe I can consider it that, but I can't tell until it's, uh, until I know the full story. And we haven't written the last chapter. Do you look back though at the road you've taken since high school to where you are now and say, "My goodness, what a trip!" Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely every day. I, I was just recently said that for every day I'm thankful for. It. I think about where I was and where I am now. And I'm obviously grateful for it. But uh, yeah, I, like every day, I'm, I thank God for what he has done and placed in my life. And really, like it's I like so many recently, a lot of people have been telling me it. So I've been looking back on it. But like in the moment, I don't really realize I just I just I'm just here for like cause in my point of view, it's just it's just how my life is going now. Yeah, you just get better in the classroom, get better on the court. Help mm-hmm. Seton Hall to yeah. some wins, and that's the focus, and, and that's where it should be. Let me ask you this, though. I have an idea, and you can tell me whether you like it or not. When that final chapter is written, and whatever, however it reads, and Hollywood comes a-calling, I've got an idea here, because there's a, <laughs> there's a Seton Hall connection. We're going to get Kevin Hart 
to play Shavar Reynolds Jr. in the movie. And the reason I mention that, not only is he funny and a terrific actor, but you may or may not know Pookie Wigington, who played for Seton Hall 20 Uh or more years ago. At any rate, he is Kevin Hart's manager. And so there's a Hall connection. So I think once Hollywood comes calling, we just have to say Pookie. You got to get Kevin Hart to play play the role. What do you think? Yeah. I was, I would love that. Kevin Hart's a, like one of the best actors and will be a legend by the time it's all said and done. So I would love that. I appreciate that. Yeah, we'll push that when the time comes. So let me take you back to a, a story that Jerry has written, and I want to give him full credit for it. Uh, but he he wrote a story several years ago about a pickup game that took place in the fall of 2017 at Walsh Gymnasium. And it was very instrumental in where you are now and how you got to this point with Seton Hall. Can you tell us about that pickup game and what happened? Uh, I, you're referring to like the, my like first the first tryout how I got to Seton Hall. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, I think it was on a Thursday. It was on a Wednesday night. My coach called me and said uh, he talked to Shaheen Holloway. That was that was at Seton Hall at the time. They said uh, they have an open gym. You can bring your guy up. We can check him out then. So my coach tell, calls me that Wednesday night, tells me it's in it's tomorrow, Thursday, around the afternoon time. I'm like, all right, cool, let's let's go. And then fast forward next day, getting ready on the way there. Uh I see all the guys walking the gym, angel ish. I'm like, oh, okay. All right, so this is this is a real thing. And then from there on, I played pretty solid that day, hit a hit a couple of shots, played some good defense. And then Willard, Willard, after he said, he said, Hey, you're on the team. There's no trial necessary, you're here, you got it. And then that was the that was the beginning of the chapter. Just fantastic. When you saw those players, you mentioned them, uh, Ishinogo, Angel Delgado, and the rest. And you said, whoa. So how do you handle the fact that this is it, man? Like, if I don't perform, I'm not going to have a shot at, a, at Division One, at least not at Seton Hall. Uh, mm-hmm. So how did you handle that pressure? And I'm sure the stomach was uh, jingling just a little bit. Uh. Honestly, I I wasn't I wasn't that nervous honestly because I know how hard I worked for that moment even for that for that for that hour I knew the months and the years of work that I put in I was prepared so it was pressure but I I I personally like pressure because it makes me find out who who I am and what I'm made of and if I have that limit so personally I was I was ready and like I don't. I live my uh, like in high school. I felt like I thought too much. So when I got there, I was like, just just play. Don't think. Just play basketball and trust the work you put in over all these years. Yeah, just let it fly, right? Mm-hmm. That's it. Just play. Play the way I know how to play basketball. Play smart. Play hard. And that's it. Jerry also said that uh, you and Delgado just crushed it on the pick and roll. Oh yeah, Angel was. I Angel definitely helped me that day because he was. He's such a smart big man. So like all his rolls were perfect. He was sh- when it was sh- time to short roll, he was short roll. When it was time to roll to the basket hard, he would roll to the basket hard. Or post ups, I could throw it in and I could work with him off it. I just kept feeding the ball because he was so talented. And he was I never at that moment I never played with a big man who was at that smart and as dominant as he was. So keep the big dog happy and everyone's happy, and it worked out. That's for yeah. sure. No, no, <laughs> no doubt. Um, and so you. Come to Seton Hall. Kevin Willard says, you got a spot, you're done. But it says a walk-on. There's no scholarship. The end of that first year, you're going into his office for the end-of-season meeting. 
And your thought, as I understand it, was, I got to tell coach, I can't afford to stay here. Seton Hall does cost a lot. It's a great education, but I'm paying for it. I can't stay here. He had another Mm -hmm. message. What was that meeting like? Uh, It was just, it was, it was surreal. Like the the moment, I'll never forget the day. Like I can remember every part of that, 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 uh, that two to three minutes when he said what he, when he told me I had a scholarship. Like I'll, I'll never forget that exact moment. I never, I felt so, so shocked, so relieved, so, so accomplished. It was, it was probably one of the best feelings of my life hearing him say those words because it's like everything I was working for, it, it proved to, to like it happened. Like I made it happen. So like, like you say, I can't even give you a full answer because I don't, I don't think there's a word to describe that feeling. Like just that the amount of overjoy and sense of accomplishment you feel when he, when he said those words is just I can't measure. Well, the emotion still comes through in your voice, and obviously, it's led to the point where you're at now. I will, in a few minutes, go back to Seton Hall basketball, but I want to go back to your early years. You grew up in Japan, didn't you? Or yes. spent a lot of time there. Tell me about yes, that experience. Uh, uh, Japan was great. I love Japan. Uh, the food, the culture, the environment. It was just, it was so new to me, but it attracted me in so many different ways. Just the, I like the history of Japan, learning all about all those things. And I, I, like I said, the food, I love the food. Like I got, I got a couple ideas for businesses I want to bring from there to here. Cause I think their food is fantastic. Like I was, in, I'm in, I'm obsessed with their food, but just the overall experience was great. I, I'm I'm very proud I went there, and I, I honestly want to go back and visit. I would love to visit consistently if I could. Well, you, I will be able to in the future. You grew up there because your dad is in the military, correct? Yes. Yeah, my dad was in the Navy 20, 22 years, 22 years, just recently retired. Well, congratulations to him, and uh, thank him for his service to this country. How long were you in Japan? I was, I was there for three years, from my fifth to seventh grade. So it's not like you were a toddler and it's all you knew suddenly you're in Japan on the one hand uh, it gave you a chance to learn about the culture and experience it on a different level was it hard leaving and moving there at five when you had become accustomed to your life in another spot oh uh, no I was uh like I was uh so used to moving at that point that it was like uh, moving became a part of my life so I would be I was very good at adapting and evolving to each new place because I knew that each place was temporary. How do you think that helps you on the basketball court, that ability to uh, adapt? It's, it's helped me. Yeah, it's helped me exactly that. It's helped me to adapt to any situation. So as you talked about in the past, uh, like with, like say I need to be a defender as a, uh, like a lockdown defender, I could focus on that like and not, and not even worry about all that. Or I could focus on specific tasks and not really let myself get in the way of that. If you know what I mean, like I could play my role fine without having, being bothered by it because I have to, I've been, I've been in my life. I've had to adapt to each new environment. Same, it's the same thing in sports. You got to adapt to your team and your role with that team. And your role has changed as your career at Seton Hall has gone on. And this year, even another little bit of a twist because Bryce Aiken uh, is on the team and he's going to be for the most part the point guard but he gets hurt early now he's back which is a good thing and you were thrust into not only the point guard role which, which you've played before but it's it was for 37 minutes it was for 36 minutes it was the the entire game with 
a lot of players learning new roles, experience from last year, but learning new roles mm-hmm. in the absence of Miles Powell. So talk about what that transition has been like for you and where the team is at at this point. Uh, for me personally, it was a, it was just about growing and getting better, learning pick and rolls, learning the offense and uh, what, what uh, Coach, Coach Willard wants out of me and be basically be him on the court. Be, try to be in the best version of him on the court and help my guys get shots, lead the team the best way I can, motivate the team. And also, uh, where we are as a team, I love where we're at. I think we're gelling. I think everything's connecting. We're figuring each other out fully now. Uh, we're all communicating more. It's We're progressing. And I, that's what I was told before. I just I just want to see progression, and that's it. As long as we're progressing each game and getting better, that's what really matters. Yep, it's all about getting better so that at the end of the season, you're at your peak. You're at your peak, yes. Has it taken this time, and will it take more time, for everyone and I, I say to learn their roles. And th- the reason I say that is we knew last year, I think anyone who watched Seton Hall last year, who anyone who had to defend Seton Hall last year, knew that Miles Powell was going to be there. Now, you hit some big shots. Everybody did. But he was the guy. He was the, 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 the guy that everything revolved around with a lot of excellent supporting role players. And now he's gone and people have to figure out who's going to step up when, you know, who's going to take that last shot. By the way, you've done that a few times and helped Seton Hall to win <laughs> late in the game. Uh, but has what's that growing process been like? And, and is the team still trying to figure that out a little bit? Oh, yeah, of course, you, you try to figure it out. You're trying to figure it out all the time because things are always liable to change. But I think I think uh, our, team, our team is doing a great job figuring themselves out, finding themselves. That's where I'm most happy because I think they're all they're all getting back to who they are and they and playing their style game within Coach Willer's uh, offense and scheme. So I think everybody's been – I think as time goes on, you can see from the beginning that Louisville game to now you can see that everybody is picking what they do well and doing that at their best ability. And that's the biggest thing. Like I said, progression is key. As long as we're progressing, we're fine. What's different about this year's team from last year's club? Uh, I wouldn't. Obviously, you're missing missing uh, Miles, Row and Q. But I think we're keeping that same family environment and that dog mentality. I think that's still here. We obviously miss our seniors guy, but I think the foundation that was left before them and left but left by them is still being carried on with that uh that junkyard dog mentality and that family aspect that we're still all together. We still love each other and we're still brothers. We don't know what Seton Hall would have done last year. There were so many high hopes, but unfortunately the pandemic brought them to a crushing end, but people spoke of Seton Hall and all the fans were hopeful that, you know, the elite eight final four was in the, was in the realm of possibilities. What does this team do or can do that last year's team maybe wasn't able to do is this year's team deeper, for instance. Uh, I wouldn't say I would say the teams this year and last year they're kind of similar in the way of uh in the way of like like I said that that uh the attitude and the demeanor of the team. Of course, there's two different styles. It was more miles dominant last year. I think this year the ball's been more spread out as you can see. It's more it's more people getting involved, and I'm not saying that everything was like everything was miles, but. We all knew that he was the best player in the country, giving him the ball. But I think this year it's been more spread out. And having a 6'10", 6'10 passer who has great IQ helps it that much more because Sandro, who I think is the best best big man in the country and probably the best player in the country, is he can he changes the game because he can bring the ball up. He can post up and he draws so much attention that like he he's the he's the real big changer because he can do it all at 6'10 as well. 
the Seton Hall legacy is is very very strong. What attracted you to Seton Hall back in the day? Uh, at prep school, I started I started watching them. I I never really watched Seton Hall until I got to prep school because my coach said he knew he knew people there. And he was just like he liked their style. And then when I watched them, I instantly fell in love with them because I could see the the heart and determination they played with. They were a bunch of like I said that that junkyard dog mentality. They played with that. You could see it through the TV. And I just fell in love with it. Tell me a little bit about your work in the classroom. You've twice been named a Big East All-Academic member. Uh, the grade point average is very high. How do you manage to balance it all out? Uh, it takes it takes practice. This is a when I first got here, I was I was a little troubled because it was so much at so so much in such little time. It felt like I would I would have class that you go straight to practice and then. After practice, I might have a late night class. So if I had homework, I had to figure out when to do the homework. Like it was a lot, but then as time goes on, you get you see a schedule, you get in the rhythm, and that's all. I think that was all the difference. I found the rhythm. I found a balance between, you no, know, like going back to the gym late night and then finishing homework before that, or going to the gym first and then finishing homework after that. So it was just little things like that, just figuring out what works for me. What are you majoring in? I major in associated behavioral sciences with a minor in criminal justice. Well, good for you. And, uh, you know, I, I say this in, in the proper way. I hope you never have to use that degree. I hope there's a, a calling at a professional league somewhere and, and you can put that uh, degree to use. Well, let's say later rather than so. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. God will. Is that what you hope? Do you hope that do you think you have a chance to continue a basketball career after this year at Seton Hall? Oh, yeah. A thousand percent. Well, certainly your play is talking about that. Last couple of things, and we'll let you go. We talked about hitting some big shots, and you've done that this year. You've done it in prior years. What does it take to be the guy? Because they all talk, everybody talks about it. In hockey, for instance, my sport, everybody wants to take the shot at the end of the game that wins a championship. And then when that moment occurs, some guys want to pass the puck away. They don't want that responsibility. So, you talk it, but you walk it as well. What's the key there? Uh, honestly, I just, I, I would say it's in your preparation, really. Just I, the shots that I, I guess I've been taking, I've, I've practiced those, I would say, 100,000 times in the gym, those same shots. Every, every night getting shots up, that same shot. I've practiced the kick out or whatever shot it is. It just, it just comes in your preparation. How many times you shot that same shot over and over with the same form, same consistency, same follow through is really, I think that's all it comes down to. Cause I don't really, I don't like, I, like I said, I'm not really, I really planned on making the shots. I just, when they came, just had to, in my preparation for that, it, it, the shots are making because I prepared so many times for that same moment and that same shot, the same step through, the same follow through. I think that's really where it comes from. Just the preparation and the grind of it. Yeah, you, you've been there before. So are you able to block out everything else that's going on and just focus, I'm here, the ball's come to me, bang? Uh, yeah, I guess that's what it is. Like, honestly, you know, like, it feels like you're out of body in those moments. Like, in the game, your journalist pumping so much, and in those moments, you know this is a big possession and shot. I just, I feel like I'm probably out of body. I'm just reacting. I'm playing off instincts. Is it different this year with no crowd? Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's just because college basketball—that's that's what it's about. That the fire and the passion from the fans—that's what makes college basketball what it is. That's why it's so great. Because 
of what the energy and the, the energy the fans bring to the arena. It it it, it excites you. It, it gives you extra. It gives you extra go to you. It gives you more. It makes you want to give more and more. Like, it makes you want to give all you got because you feel you feel their energy and you feel them yelling. You tell them, they're telling you, "Let's go, come on!" And like when you go on a run, it's just just the atmosphere of it. That's what makes college basketball so special because you can't get this atmosphere in many other places. And I ask that because you spoke about the adrenaline that every player plays with. So have you had to find an additional source of adrenaline without oh, the yeah, fans definitely. there? Definitely. You have to you have to get yourself going because it's very easy to just go into the game with with low energy or like not not really focused fully because it doesn't feel like the basketball you've been accustomed to your whole life. The sports aspect of the fans being there, people talking, even like cameras and reporters and simple things like that. Just like just the whole environment of this has been changed from the last three years I've been here. Last couple, and we'll let you go. Uh, the Big East season is underway. The conference play is underway. We record this uh, between the Providence game, which was a hard-fought game but a loss, and with Georgetown on the horizon as the next game. Where does Seton Hall, in your mind, fit in the Big East? Coaches poll earlier in the year said fifth. Is that right? How much higher can you go? Oh, we can. I don't, don't want to really talk too much. I like talking at the end of it, but I like that. I have, <laughs> I have full. I got full confidence in this team, and I think by the end we'll be right where we wanted to be. And then we'll we'll reconvene at a later time to discuss that. I just like I like getting the job done first before I can tell you something. Actions speak louder than words. I like that approach. Well, Shavar Reynolds Jr., thank you so much for spending time with me. Uh, I do appreciate it. I know the audience appreciates what you've done on the court and spending these 20 minutes or so discussing your life. And keep in mind, when Hollywood comes a calling, Kevin Hart is the man. I, I agree with that. I'm with you 100%. <laughs> Best of luck the rest of the way. Look forward to seeing you out on the court. And happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thank you and Merry Christmas to you. And I hope you have a great day as well. My conversation with Shavar Reynolds is the first time I've had one-on-one -on -one time with him. And I'm so delighted to have had the opportunity to speak with him. He's a great example of hard work and faith in oneself. No one knows how the next chapters in his life will read. Hopefully, Shavar and the Hall will do great things on the court this season. And moving forward, I think we'll hear a lot more about Shavar making his mark in whatever he chooses. And I will buy a ticket to that Hollywood movie with Kevin Hart in the lead role. Special thanks to Tom Chen, the Seton Hall University Associate Athletics Director for Digital Media and Communications for arranging the interview. On a personal note, I've attended many New Year's Eve celebrations over the years. They've ranged from house parties to going to New York City to watch the ball drop. My work with the New Jersey Devils has often put me on the road on New Year's Eve. Among others, I've rung in the New Year in Chicago, Columbus, Boston, and Buffalo. My point is that I cannot wait for New Year's Eve this year. And the reason is not because I will be celebrating with a big crowd. No, that's out in this day and age. But I want to say goodbye to 2020 more than any other year in my lifetime. I'm sure you feel the same way. The faster we can put 2020 behind us, the better. 2021 has to be better, doesn't it? Special thanks as always to Pat Christensen, the sound engineer of the show and the writer and performer of the Pirates Talk theme. And thanks to you for your company. It's very much appreciated. I hope you all have a peace-filled and healthy 2021. 
Until next time, I'm Matt Lachlan. Be safe, be well, and let's go Pirates! <laughs>